Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed. Teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, you probably can hear the groaning and the moaning. Oh, I hate daylight savings. Oh, I can't stand it. I can't adjust. <laughs> daylight savings. Ain't it wonderful? I'll tell you. But if you're struggling to adjust to this change, this, this terrible, terrible, ominous change in your life, who do you blame it on? Well, you can blame it for a start on Benjamin Franklin in the late 1700s. It was old Ben who calculated that the city of Paris could probably save millions of pounds of candle wax every year if the residents would just wake up early in the morning and go to bed early at night. Yeah, I don't know. One way or another, daylight savings has always been about saving money. Wasn't it Ben Franklin who said, early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise? Well, let's blame it on Ben. So if you're moaning and groaning and you're not adjusting and you have to get up at a different time and you don't want to go to sleep and you got the kids, they never, they're off schedule and you, <laughs> uh, but there is hope. There is hope. The, the United States Senate passed legislation, believe it or not, that would make daylight savings time permanent starting next year, 2023. And guess what it's called? It's called the Sunshine Protection Act. Yeah, we got to get out there and protect that sunlight, don't we? We love our sunlight. But unfortunately, um, we seem to be stymied as the uh, Sunshine Protecting Protection Act is kind of stalled out in the House of Representatives. And they must pass the bill before it can go to President Joe Biden to sign. So, knowing Washington, 2023 may not be our salvation, or the Sunlight Salvation Act, it should be. But listen, if you, if you really, truly hate changing your clocks, there, there, is, there is a place you can go to where no government is going to interfere with your clock changing. And that's go on the equator. Did you know living on the equator, you'll have 12 hours of daylight and 12 hours of nighttime every single day of the year? So if you don't mind the heat and the humidity and the bugs and the snakes and all of that stuff, and you do hate daylight savings time more, get on down to the equator. Got some good deals in the rainforest but if you happen to live anywhere in the northern hemisphere uh, you might be heartened to know about the small little province of Salbard 
which is the northernmost town in the world. And its proximity to the North Pole means that during the summer, get this, it is light all the time. Mm. But there is, you know, there's a price to pay for that, that sunlight. Uh, and that's from mid-October to mid-February. The sun never rises at all. <laughs> and that's right 24 hours of total darkness so what are you what are you complaining about now think about it four months straight total darkness <laughs> i bet you can't even imagine that doesn't doesn't it make our winter seem a little bit more tolerable our winter darkness just seem a little more tolerable well you know, I think I think it's time we challenge our perception of winter. I mean, you could move to Salbard during the summer months and have light all the time and then move back uh, maybe to the equator, <laughs> have some daylight. But most people listening to this podcast aren't about to move north or south. But how do you think the people up in Salbard handle those months those months those four months i should say the four months of straight darkness well i think i think it's important that we take a look at some of the things that some of the lessons we've learned from residents of salbar there is a university up there so we i know a lot of students flock up there <laughs> and i don't know where they go for spring break but they flock up to salbar and for the first year, they usually just enjoy the novelty of total daylight, total darkness. And then it starts to wear thin. And we start to go back to our roots, where we're used to more moderate light darkness. But there are people that are there permanently who have managed to embrace the darkness over those dark months. So maybe today's a good day to say, you know, let's challenge our winter perceptions. You know, when you hear so many people moaning and groaning, you know, daylight savings brings on that whole rush of, I hate winter. I can't stand the darkness. The days are too short. It's not enough time. You know, for a lot of people, it's an anticipation of, I'm going to get depressed. It's going to be terrible. Wow, wow, wow. Well, of course, you're going to hate winter if you bum yourself out with these perceptions, these anticipatory perceptions of doom, and of course, in big quotations, and gloom of darkness. Yeah, okay. I know, I know the number of daylight hours on the shortest day of the year, that's the winter solstice, is just seven hours and maybe 50 minutes that's the shortest day seven hours of sunlight <laughs> and that's eight hours and almost 50 minutes shorter than that summer solstice and you got that right that's almost nine more hours of daylight during the summer solstice nine hours you're losing <laughs> you've lost and they've taken it away from you and they're not giving it back until spring so 
with nine less hours of daylight, yeah, we have some challenges. We have to readjust our lives according to the tilt of the earth. See, it's not the sun. It's, it's that damn tilt of the earth that, that puts us in this kind of dilemma. But isn't, isn't all life about perception? You know, how you look at the oncoming darkness, the winter. So what if, and I'm saying what if, what if winter were an opportunity rather than a prescription for depression? Ever think of that? An opportunity? Well, of course, you've heard me in these podcasts. I see winter as an opportunity. And people hate me for it because I I start to, to glow when it gets darker and darker because I love to do what I call astrophotography. And during the summer, you know, I'm lucky if I could get four hours. And that's that's lucky considering the amount of darkness that you, true darkness you get after sunset. But now I can let that telescope go all night long. It's it's a an astronomer's dream. It's all about perception. And yeah, people don't like to hear me say, oh, great, winter is coming. So, so I won't say it. I won't get you angry with me. You know, but up around Salbard, you know, in the Scandinavian country, uh, they're big fans of something called Huga. <laughs> it sounds like, remember the old submarines, Huga, Huga. Well, this is Huga. It's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. And I love this concept. It's basically embracing coziness. Now, this Huga has become relatively popular in the United States the past few years. But you got to admit, wintertime can potentially be a time of coziness. You know, we tend to come more inward into our homes and hearth. We, we tend to put on our willies and we snuggle more and we, we have more opportunities with family, more time indoors rather than the distracting time out of the golf or tennis court or going out and jogging 15 miles. You know, we, we more or less compress our lives to the inner, the yuga, the embracing of coziness. I, I really think it's a nice adjunct to the typical hand-wringing, I hate winter. Embrace the coziness. And, you know, one way to do that is, you know, start with a routine. I think it's very critical to maintain a consistent schedule. And whatever that means to you, become more regular in your routine. Don't don't be at a loss because I can't go outside, nothing to do. Get a schedule. You know, and this will make it a lot easier if you have kids. Because kids need schedule. And they too are indoors. Now, a lot of kids can't brace you got and they're indoors and they're running and bouncing off walls and it, it makes it difficult. But schedule always helps. Routines help. And especially with kids, you know, kids, kids thrive when there are boundaries and when, you know, they are handled in a way that gives them a sense of uh, uh, just continuity. You know, sometimes we do need to get outside, and, and for a lot of people, I I jog every morning, and I go around this park, and every morning I see a whole 
host of dog walkers with their little puppies and their big puppies and their 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 very large puppies and you know one thing about having a dog you know they say dogs add years to your life and i think part of that is because of the walking you know if you have a dog and you're out there once or twice every day and you're getting that fresh air and you're getting that limited amount of sunshine, I'll admit. But an hour a day of sunshine is really, really nice for the body and the soul and the mind. But getting that puppy out there is is one way to get that routine going. And that's a helpful routine. And if you don't have a dog, you could kind of uh, pretend you have a dog and you have to go maybe take a walk around that park uh, and do it on a routine basis. You know, get used to it. Make it part of your routine. Get that sunlight. Get that fresh air. Don't let the weather dictate to you. I, I always enjoy dressing for the weather. When it rains, if it's sub-zero, you, you could always layer and do different things. And I never let the weather defeat me. The only thing that tends to defeat me is when things are a solid sheet of ice. But short of that, I get out every single day. And I think it's important for the psyche I think it's important for the soul. So set some routines up and make part of that routine a schedule to handle life outside of the house. So inside the house, we have the, the yuga, the coziness, but we also need to balance that a bit by just not forgetting that there is an outside. And a lot of people do that. They get so kind of cabin fever that they just they just hunker down and they just moan about the dark and wait for spring. And that's that's no way to live your life. So the darkness, the weather, these are not obstacles. These are realities that can be embraced and used in a way to facilitate your well-being. Another time, you know, another aspect of the embracing coziness is to uh, plan excuses to be social. And as I said, you know, we, we more or less come in from the outside and even though it, it doesn't feel natural when it's cold out to be planning social activities but it is it is important whether you know you plan to to meet for a, a community walk or uh, to go bowling or whatever it might be just planning social activities can really stave off feelings of isolation it's one thing we have to be cognizant of wintertime can be a time where feelings of isolation especially if you're living alone not if you're living with kids inside, but if you're living in isolation, get outside, plan some socialization. And this, you know, just socialization can have a profound effect on your mental and your physical health, especially during the times where we are coming inward and isolation becomes just a necessary part of life because of the cold. I know that I read that the Salvard Sal people up there near the polar extremes they are very serious about hanging out with with others uh, and really include it in their schedules so you know be intentional as if you're living with polar bears i was reading when one woman says yeah i know i have to watch out for polar bears when i go out but my mental health is worth it yeah i mean we don't have to watch out for polar bears unless you're living in the northernmost town in the in the world but your mental health is worth the risk of a polar bear. And if you're afraid of polar bears, how about some simple indoor activities? You know, like making dinner together with someone or watching a movie together, inviting people over for popcorn and a ball game. 
uh, I don't know, there's, there's not, well, I guess there's basketball and maybe curling, but <laughs> there are things you can do to watch. Oh, there's football. Well, not in the winter, but nevertheless, uh, plan some indoor activities too. Get people over, avoid isolation. And if it's as simple as just making phone calls or Zoom, keep in contact, keep social during the winter. And perhaps most importantly, don't fight the darkness. And that's what I see so often. You know, people, people they just brace themselves. Like right now, during the daylight savings transition time, we're bracing ourselves. Oh, here it comes. I don't know if you watched Game of Thrones, but it's bracing for that winter, you know, and the winter's coming. So don't fight the darkness. You know, watch that perception, your attitude, rather than moaning and groaning the lack of sunlight. Give yourself a break and give yourself permission to celebrate winter activities, and especially things that bring you joy. It doesn't have to be monumental things. It could be those indoor things, baking cookies with friends, snuggling with your cat or doggy, pulling up that blanket, enjoying a mug of tea or a good book. So don't fight the darkness. Don't capitulate. We tend to, and not to use this as a pun, but we tend to become so black and white, dark and light, and we just label it as bad. And that's that's not good, <laughs> obviously. So what you want to do is you want to stop fighting the darkness, you know, yield rather than resist. You're not going to change the trajectory of the sun, the sun's angle during the winter. You know, that's another thing I've noticed, and you probably have too. In the summertime, that sun goes right overhead, and there's a, there's a brightness to everything. And it's very different than the winter when your sun is about 20 degrees above the horizon, really low on the horizon. It just casts a different, a different light. Shadows are different. The day seems different. So, yeah, I mean, these are realities, and they probably contribute to your maybe unconscious perception that things aren't as bright and cheery and robust as summertime, but it's a different type of, of experience. And if you embrace it for what it is, and I always, for example, I, I went to school out in uh, San Diego, and we used to go up to the desert areas and Death Valley and just various arid places and at first i couldn't appreciate the desert but when, after three or four years out in san diego and going up to deserts and camping and stuff like that i really started to appreciate the desert if, if you're interested in appreciating the desert i can't remember the author's name but the book is called desert solitaire yeah it's it's just an eye opener to those things that we maybe are opaque to because of our prejudices and our experiences but Appreciating the desert is not unlike appreciating the dark, the winter. There are many nuances of things to appreciate. And once you are, have your eyes and mind open, once you are yielding rather than resisting, well, it's a whole new world. So, yeah, it's daylight savings and we're adjusting. Okay, okay, okay. I don't like that. Either. I, I don't like daylight savings. I wish we were on standard time all the time or daylight savings all the time. I just don't care. 
I don't like, and I know you don't like adjusting, readjusting. We don't like change. And the one thing that daylight savings does, it's like salt in, salt in the wound, that it kind of goes hand in hand with a negative interpretation of the winter to come. It might be an easier transition if we didn't have daylight savings. Even though we're losing daylight every day, it's it's an abrupt transition. And and I think we would be much better off psychologically if we just got rid of daylight savings or embrace it, either one. But let's let's stop changing our clocks twice a year. Fall ahead, spring back. And and before I close, just let me ask you this. I know myself. And everyone else, I was with my son and daughter-in-law last night, and we were talking about, yeah, now we have to, do we do we set the clocks? And that, that means we have to, we get up in the dark, and then we, oh, wait a minute, does, everybody gets confused. Well, well, it'll be, it'll be an hour early, so it'll be, it'll be, so daylight savings just befuddles the mind. For some reason, as, as obvious as it might be, every year I hear the same kind of uh confusion does that mean i have to so, so let's let's ban let's ban changing clocks let's let's live according to nature and let's embrace embrace the changes that are part of a natural part of our lives now i would like to say that i'm going to follow up on this podcast next week because i think another aspect of the anticipatory thoughts about winter are you know the 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 thoughts of depression and that dark time and for a lot of people the struggles that come with low light situations but what i'm going to focus on this is there there is a difference between seasonal affective disorder which we call sad uh which is a real psychological dilemma and depression there is a, a difference between seasonal affective disorder and winter blues and i'd like to make that dis that distinction next week because i think for a lot of people the winter blues uh, are certainly much more manageable but even seasonal affective disorder can be something that can be mitigated through proper attention to worldly details we'll get into that next week so next week will be the difference between seasonal affective disorder and winter blues but for this week I wish you a wonderful adjustment to your new time change and no more moaning and groaning. Let's not fight the darkness. And visit my website, selfcoaching.net, where you could learn more about my self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, please check out my latest book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression. It's a self-guided, self-coaching approach to breaking the habits of anxiety and depression. And I call them habits, and they were once learned, and this is what I go over in the book, and they can be unlearned. And there are four steps in there to accomplish that, and it's a self-guided trip that will help you accomplish that. shouldn't say it's a trip. A self-guided program. How about that? So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless and you are not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join me every week and let's make it simple Believe together. In yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold